salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commission, and we're coming off a fabulous week of football. This is the end of week 13 in the NFL, and we're wrapping up the week. It's a Tuesday evening, ladies and gentlemen. We're watching a football game on Tuesday night between the Ravens and the Cowboys, and this game is over. I mean, if, if you are watching the game, maybe because you're a diehard fan, you're devoted to your team, I get it. But this game is long over. Uh, Dallas can't move the ball well enough. They can't generate anything on offense, and it shows. So it's safe to say that Baltimore wins the game for tonight. But with the time that I have, it's crucial because I have a lot to talk about. And a lot of it stems from the... Um, it stems from the news, propaganda, the critiquing, the scrutinizing, the ostracizing, the belittling, the degrading. I mean, whatever you want to classify the Monday night quarterback to be, in this case, the Tuesday night quarterback after a week of football, I am incensed of how these people, and I, I, what, I, what I'm, I'm concentrating on the journalists, commentators that make up this information regarding the week that was. And outside of just watching great football, there are some things I want to bring to the light that we already know. Two teams have already clinched in the playoffs thus far. One from the NFC, one from the AFC with the New Orleans Saints and the Kansas City Chiefs. Congratulations to those two teams. I mean, for what the Saints have done, I believe they've won nine straight or ten straight, which is awesome. And, you know, you look at the Chiefs and what they've done. They've only lost once. They're 11-1. and one, And it really sends this message that no matter what you throw at the Chiefs, they have an answer for it. They may struggle throughout the game, but they struggled in the Super Bowl, didn't they? They struggled and they found a way to win. This is a well-oiled, well-coached team, very disciplined, very humble. Uh, They execute well. They find ways to win when they're struggling. And this is the reason why a lot of people believe that the Chiefs will dominate anyone within the league. But it's that type of criticism, or whether it's criticism, critiquing, whatever word you want to use, I really do believe when you look at what these people are looking for in the NFL, they're looking for perfection. Or maybe they're looking something close to perfection. Now, I'm not, you know, one of the people that you'll see on TV, thankfully so, because it, it, it would limit me for what I really want to say regarding what I hear on television. But for the last few days, since the Sunday games, Sunday night games, and then of course we had the games on Monday night between the Steelers and Washington football team, along with the Bills and the 49ers, it really raises the question as to what are we looking for from these quarterbacks? We center a lot of what the success of these teams come from And we want to just generalize that it all surrounds the effort of the quarterback. Now, there may be some truth to that. There may be some link or connection behind what the quarterback does to what the team does. 
However, I have to believe for a lot of these teams, these quarterbacks may be average at best or find ways to win outside of what the quarterback can do. But it doesn't seem as though that's enough for the critics. And what do I mean by that? We look at how these quarterbacks have played over the last 13 weeks. And I got to ask the question, what are we looking for from these young quarterbacks? The majority of the quarterbacks we're looking at were all drafted sometime after the 2016 draft. And then and I have a list of the quarterbacks that were all drafted just within the first round. Okay, and you look at all the quarterbacks that were drafted from Jameis Winston in 2015 to the most recent quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, Tua Tungavailoa, Justin Herbert and Jordan Love. And we're trying to somehow. How can I describe? We're trying to categorize the effectiveness and the brilliance and the significance and the success of these quarterbacks. And I got to believe if you're not a Patrick Mahomes, if you are not a, dare I say, Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson, of course, he was drafted in 2012. But if you're not one of these quarterbacks that you hear about and read about every week and how they perform, then I guess the presumption is that you don't have a talented quarterback to help win games for you. Now, that may be true, but a lot of these games that we saw in week 13 had less to do with the production of the quarterback. But the scrutiny comes from what those quarterbacks did that we're still trying to criticize people for. Baker Mayfield had a sensational game on Sunday against a team that most critics felt as though if he didn't do well against this team, that he and that Browns team did not have a shot in hell to win any type of playoff games. I guess the idea is, in spite of the record, it still comes down to the effectiveness and the success of Baker Mayfield in the pocket during or going against teams that are highly favored to make the playoffs and perhaps make a chance at the championship game before going to the Super Bowl. And so we just down Baker Mayfield for the things that he's done over the last several weeks. However, this team is nine and three. I believe now they're 10 and three. They're a 10 and three team, a game behind Pittsburgh for the division. Who in their right mind saw this happening? I root for Cleveland in large part from what happened a few years ago when Hugh Jackson was the coach and they were on hard knocks. And I thought they did a disservice for Hugh Jackson then when they didn't keep him during the time that they were trying to evolve this team into what is the team that they are now. Now, maybe Hugh Jackson might not have been that key to the puzzle. Maybe he wasn't the coach that they had in mind to get him to this point. But because you didn't give this man an opportunity to work with Baker Mayfield, who knows how far this team could have gone when he was there. Kevin Stefanski comes in this season and he turns his team around and now they are contenders for what could be the playoffs moving into perhaps 
the championship. But if you talk to a lot of these people today, oh, Baker Mayfield doesn't have what it takes. This man doesn't know how to play under pressure. He's only good when you're playing against average teams. He can't control the schedule anymore than he can control the success of those teams that he plays against. His job is to go out there and execute and win the game for them any means necessary be productive, maintain composure, protect the football, and try to find ways to score. And he's done that for 10 games. This man has not suffered from COVID. This man has not suffered for any type of major injury. And he still found a way to win against a Tennessee team at Tennessee. The thing that we have about the Tennessee Titans is that we believe that because of the way that they defeated the Indianapolis Colts, that they have the best chances of going back to the AFC Championship based on what they're doing right now. But if they can't find a way to neutralize a Cleveland Browns offense, so maybe this has nothing to do with Baker Mayfield. Maybe this has more to do with coaching. We emphasize how much Bill Belichick went out there and destroyed the Chargers. The Chargers were three and nine. They were three and nine going into that game. What makes Bill Belichick such a genius by blowing out a team that's three and nine? We give him high praise because he's Bill Belichick, but we don't give high praise to Ron Rivera when this team that had no shot of winning against Pittsburgh goes into Pittsburgh and gives Pittsburgh its first loss. This is what drives me crazy. And this is the reason why I do a podcast because we have to see the reality when it comes to the NFL. We want to bring down Carson Wentz because of what he can't do with this weak, depleted Eagles team that can't win. And they can't win because they don't have the players that they started with at the beginning of the season to help him be productive. So we blame Carson Wentz because of how much he gets paid. It doesn't reflect when it's on the field, when it's time for him to go out there and win. Oh, forgive me. Is it all his fault? Of course not. But why are we so quick to blame him for the wrongdoing? Is it because of the fact that this man is earning well over $100 million to play for the Eagles? That's not his fault. That's not Carson Wentz's fault. If you want to organize a team to be successful, you have to make correct, thorough, wise investments in your players. I believed when they let Nick Foles go, that they let the wrong quarterback leave. That didn't mean that they couldn't keep Nick Foles, but they weren't trying to negotiate something to keep him there at least for the next few years in the event that you see what's going on with Wentz, that he could somehow compliment Wentz. So they took a they took a chance, let Nick Foles go, signed this man to a boatload of money, and then what did they do this past draft? They went out there and got another quarterback. That's poor management, ladies and gentlemen. That just shows that in the midst of what you think you're doing right, you're doing everything wrong. Because you realize, even though you have a Carson Wentz, he may not be the future of this franchise. And then people are saying, well, get rid of Peterson. Listen, slow down. 
Peterson is the reason why you have a championship now. Look how long it took for this team, the Philadelphia Eagles, to win a championship. They've been in existence since the 20s. So they've been within the NFL for nearly 100 years. And now we're going to throw stones at Peterson because he can't get this team right to win. That's not Peterson's fault. He had a bad year. Carson Wentz has had a bad year. So now they're going to sit Wentz down and start Jalen Hurst, the person they picked second round this past draft, to play. Okay, fine. But why are we criticizing Carson Wentz for not winning the game when that team is horrible? And it's not just because of Carson Wentz. You got to look at the coaches and work your way down. The same rules apply for the Patriots. They're at six and six right now, but that wasn't a large part because of Cam Newton. It wasn't a large part because of Bill Belichick. He had, Bill Belichick had the sense, he had the intelligence to know how to utilize his players to be successful, to win. You know, it's like anything else with any other team. You have to know what team you're dealing with before you can allow this team to win. And there's coaches today that are not Bill Belichick, that are not Andy Reid, that are not Doug Peterson, that have to sit back and think, how can I manage this team well enough to win games. Look at what Mike Tomlin did. Look at what he did up until last night against Washington's football team. This team was 11-0. and 0. And not once did anybody say anything about Tomlin even being remotely close for coach of the year because the running game is not that great. So what? We can't criticize everything that we see wrong about these teams. These teams are doing well in spite of the things that they don't have. Baker Mayfield may not be the best quarterback in the NFL, but they're still 9-3, 10-3. The Pittsburgh Steelers don't have the best of running games, but they were undefeated up until now. Look at what the Giants are doing at this point. The Giants, who, who would have thought that the Giants would be this good the last four games? Everybody wrote off the Giants as much as they wrote off Washington's football team. And yet the Giants go into Seattle, give Seattle their first home loss, the same way that Washington's football team goes into Pittsburgh and give them their first loss of the season. Sometimes it's not about the X's and O's. Sometimes it's about confidence and the execution to get this team to win. And and in most cases, in most cases, It comes down to who makes the last mistake. It's the team that commits the last turnover that ends up losing the game. And that was the case with the Steelers. And however, we're looking and we're criticizing the Steelers for what they can't do. Give me a break. The Steelers are not designed as a Kansas City team to be that successful with what they have now. That's not to say that they won't pick up steam with the last four games of the season. And I believe it was Belichick that said that the season doesn't really start until December. Because now you realize that warm weather that you have outside of playing in California or Texas and Miami and Florida, that's not there. 
You're going to go against the elements. You're going to go against bad weather. You're going to go against teams that are suffering through attrition and have guys that are out for the season. And then you're going to have guys that are affected by COVID. So they're not going to be able to play certain games. And then you got to wonder if half these teams are willing to play now to be able to play during the time they're supposed to. Maybe they have to post, they have to push the game till Monday night or Tuesday night now. The point of the matter is this. We can't sit here and criticize every little thing we see wrong with these teams and think that's the reason why they are not succeeding when they have winning records. Baker Mayfield has a winning record. It's the first winning record for a team, for this particular team, in nearly 20 years. And we are so quick to throw Baker Mayfield under the bus and say he's not the man for the job. Well, then who would be? Who else could you pull from the bench to put out there and play? Yeah, he's talented. But still, Baker Mayfield, work in progress. Carson Wentz, work in progress. Daniel Jones, work in progress. This goes on and on, ladies and gentlemen. Lamar Jackson is still a work in progress. This man probably has the worst completion percentage of of all the quarterbacks in the NFL. Yet this team is still in the winning position. They're still seven and five going after this game. So sometimes we have to understand that it's not always about the quarterback. We want to criticize the quarterback, but sometimes it's not about the quarterback. Sometimes it's about the team. Sometimes it's about the defense. Pittsburgh didn't play the best of defense, but guess what? They were winning. But we want to see how we we were able to uh, throw the the Steelers under the bus because they couldn't run the ball. Come on, man. They were up 14 to 3 at halftime. This team was winning. This team knew what they needed to do to win. They just lost to a better team with a better defense. And then when it came for the Washington football team to execute on offense, they were winning. They were working. The plays were working. The passes were on point. He didn't complete every pass. Alex Smith didn't complete every pass. But he moved the ball well enough to get him in a position to score. That's what you want out of these out of these teams moving forward. Russell Wilson couldn't do that against a, a New York Giants defense that was shutting this man down all game. I mean, it took him forever just to throw a touchdown pass. I don't even think he had a touchdown. Maybe he did. Maybe he threw a touchdown pass. But the point is, we know how good Russell Wilson is. And we know how good that team is in Seattle. On any given Sunday, you can easily somehow misrepresent the team, offense, defense, special teams, coaching staff. And it's that moment that you lose sight of what that team can do. But it's just the fact that when we see these teams fall apart, we're so quick to put ourselves in a position to down the quarterback. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron Rodgers is having a great year. He could potentially be the MVP of this season, just based off the work he's done to this point. The question would come to this, though. Given where he is now, can he take this team to the NFC Championship again and win? There's a reason why the Packers went out and drafted a quarterback in the first round. 
There's a reason why they did that. There's a reason why we're going to sit down Carson Wentz and put in Jalen Hurst for the last four weeks of the game. There's a reason behind that. And, and, and people really believe that because of one game, it's the reason why this team is what they are. No. For what we saw out of Josh Allen last night against San Fran, at San Fran, it was amazing. There are players out there that can and will succeed. Are they overpaid? Can they be overvalued of court, as quarterbacks? Of course they can. I don't think Jared Goff should have been number one overall. I don't think James Winston should have been number one overall. I doubt if Joe Burrow should have been number one overall. Any more than I felt as though Kyler Murray should have been number one overall. However, however, these quarterbacks understand what the game plan is coming into the NFL. And based off the coaches that you have in their pockets, they can be productive. They can win games. Luckily for the Cleveland Browns, shout out to Cleveland, you have an opportunity to go far because now we have a coach that believes in Baker Mayfield. This could be the last piece of the puzzle to see the Cleveland Browns override, overtake, dominate, take over that position in the division. Maybe not this year. Let's see what happens next year with this Cleveland team. Let's see what happens with Philly when the time comes where everybody is healthy and they keep Carson Wentz. Let's see what happens in the NFC East when they have all their players back healthy and ready to play. I know it's too soon to say. Maybe it's a bit premature, but the truth of the matter is we cannot hold quarterbacks accountable for everything that goes wrong with that team. So says the commish. I want to thank everybody out there that's been listening to this podcast at this point. So much has been going on. And then we saw Washington's football team defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers. They held that running game of the Steelers to about 50 yards overall, which is it's incredible. Considering the fact that the Washington football team is five and seven, they are playing good football right now. They've won three straight. Same thing for the New York football giants. They've won four straight. And they're doing what people thought was impossible for them to do. Sometimes it does come down to coaching. Sometimes it comes down to just motivating a young team well enough to give them the opportunity to win some football games. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. That's exactly what we're seeing right now. And there have been a slew of games over the past weekend that you saw these, these quarterbacks, these teams persevere to win. I mean, you saw what the Vikings did. Now they're tied, I believe, for third place, perhaps second place in the division with a chance to make the playoffs. We see what uh, Tua Tungavailoa has done with that Dolphins offense. And I was the one, I might have been the only one to tell everybody out there that the Miami Dolphins was going to win at least five out of their six games leading into this game against Kansas City this coming Sunday. And that's exactly what they did. And they're sitting at eight and four right now, a game or two away out of first place with Buffalo. And Buffalo looks hot. Shout out to Buffalo. I don't give Buffalo enough praise 
because I know that Buffalo was in this position last year in the playoffs and everybody came back practically with the addition of Stefan Diggs. But this team looks awesome. They look great on offense. They look great on defense. They're playing with a high level of steam and confidence. There's no reason why this Buffalo team can't go further than what they did last season. And I believe, honestly, they're going to give a team some fits. If, if Buffalo has to play the Steelers or the Chiefs in the playoffs, I would say look out right now. I'm predicting it right now. Look out for the Buffalo Bills when we're talking about playoff time. And it goes on from there, from what we saw with the Rams and how they played against Arizona was awesome. The way the Giants played against Seattle, as I said, was awesome. We're looking at a lot of good games going on. Raiders get lucky against the Jets. And, you know, they're on the outskirts looking in, but they're playing good football, too. So I want to give praise to the quarterbacks this evening because it seems low. It seems as though they don't want to give that kind of praise to the quarterback. But I'm the first one to tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, it's not always going to be a perfect game. It's not always going to be a perfect Sunday for these guys. It's all a question of how you win in the end. So says the commission. Game balls for week 13 of the NFL. It wasn't that hard to put together this list. And I'm looking at the list, and I got to be spot on. When it came to the quarterbacks, there were a number of quarterbacks that had done an awesome job on Sunday. I looked at what Josh Allen did with that Buffalo team. This man threw the ball 40 times. He completed 32 of those passes for 375 yards, four touchdowns, 80% completion percentage. Perfect. That's what you want from a young quarterback with a young team, with a chance to bring his team to the playoffs with a shot at going to the AFC Championship. And that, ladies and gentlemen, can actually happen. I can see that happening with Buffalo. Buffalo has only have Buffalo only has to worry about Buffalo at this point. Everybody else is in their way. I don't see any dilemmas. They play a very good Steeler team this coming Sunday, and I'll talk more about that down the week, down the road. But game balls for this week for the quarterbacks. As much as I want to give one to, to Josh Allen. I'm going to give a game ball to Baker Mayfield only because regardless of what he did against Tennessee, he still won. He looked sensational against Tennessee at Tennessee, completing 25 passes for 334 yards, four touchdowns with 76% percentage in completions. This was probably the best game for the season for this man thus far game ball to Baker Mayfield for the Cleveland Browns the other game ball has to go to Alex Smith for what everybody predicted for this Washington team to do they were not favored at all I believe they might have been six point under uh, six point underdogs going into this game and still Alex Smith without Antonio Gibson mind you goes out there throws the ball 46 times completing 31 of those passes for 296 yards, one touchdown, 67 completion percentage. Great game. That's all you can ask for, ladies and gentlemen. This is all you can ask for. 
All you can ask for is to manage this game well enough with a chance to win, and lo and behold, you can beat an undefeated team. Game balls for the running backs. I couldn't help but give two game balls to these running backs for the New York football giants. I I had to give one to Wayne Gallman, and I had to give one to Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris is dear to my heart. Because that brother played for the Washington football team and was excellent then. Alfred Morris had eight carries for 39 yards and a touchdown, and then caught a pass fixed for six yards and a touchdown and a win against Seattle. Wayne Gallman had 16 carries for 135 yards. Great game against a Seattle team that was undefeated in Seattle. Gotta give a game ball to Adrian Peterson from the Detroit Lions. This man had 16 carries for 57 yards and two touchdowns. It puts him behind Tomlinson and Emmett Smith, if I'm correct, for touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. Awesome game for that man. He deserves a game ball. For the receivers, two receivers that stood out. Actually, it was three. I want to recognize Justin Jefferson for setting a record for 1,000 yards in his rookie season. Second to do it behind Randy Moss. He had four completions. No, excuse me. Nine completions for 121 yards and a touchdown. He gets honorable mention. But I want to give game balls to Darren Waller for an outstanding game with the Raiders. With 13 receptions, 200 yards, and two touchdowns. And to Cole Beasley, the Buffalo Bills, that look sensational right now. Nine receptions, 130 yards, and one touchdown. Those are the game balls for week 13 of the NFL schedule. I will be doing my shows on Saturday night now. I usually do them after the Thursday night games. But if I'm correct, Thursday night games are going to come to a close given that COVID is not taking over the schedule. So I'll be doing more of my shows on Saturday nights. I'll touch more on college football. This is the Kneel Down Podcast. I'm your host, the Commish. Peace and love. Enjoy the week. I'm out. Oh, thank you.